Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Thank you for joining me. I'm so glad to be here today. I hope you are too. We're in the third part uh, of a series of messages looking at Genesis chapter 1 verse 13. Amen. It's really honestly the second part because the first part we really just weren't even, we were in between verses and so I just put part one, but okay. Either way, here we are. Looking at the number three, because Genesis 1.13 simply says, and the evening and the morning were the third day. Hey, Amen. The third day. Number three, so important to God. And I was praying over this the other day, and I was like, you know, I've got to go back, pull up some notes about the number three in the Bible, something I preached years ago, and bring that out because it's such a significant number. And I gave you guys in the last episode all kinds of examples of how you see it in your daily life. Like in sports, you see number three with three strikes or three-point three shot or a field goal. Or maybe how you see it when you measure things in three ways or triangles have three edges or essays have three points, all that stuff. And we looked at the importance of numbers broadly in the Bible, like the number seven, the number 40, and then specifically the number three and how God uses this number of completeness, amen, to help us understand, you know, whether it was him, Jesus speaking three times to Peter in his uh, ascended, resurrected form, uh, whether it was God calling Samuel three times in 1 Samuel 3, 8, whether it was the orientation or the, uh, I guess you'd say architecture, if you would, or layout of the temple. The temple had an outer uh, court, amen, and a inner court and a holy of holies. And so like, you know, and I know, yeah, it had like a wall and stuff. If you want to nitpick, but generally speaking, there's three areas to the temple. And then we got to the big one, the Holy Trinity. That's where we're picking up here. God, the father, son, and Holy spirit. Amen. Uh, God, the father, this is God in spirit form, the God of heaven and earth. This is the God, the father that we pray to. We pray by the Holy spirit, through Jesus, the mediator, who is our savior to God, the father, right? And so we are praying to God, the father, I imagine him up on his throne, highly exalted there in the third heaven. Amen. But don't worry. He's very near as well. He goes to and fro. He's everywhere. So that's God, the father, then God, the son, Jesus, who was with God from the beginning. I hope you know that the word was God and the word was with God. John 1, 1 and came to earth thousands of years ago as a perfect sinless man to be the atoning sacrifice for our sin debt. That's the second part of the Trinity. And then the Holy Spirit, that's a he, the comforter, the one Jesus sends to be with his people after his resurrection and time spent on earth before ascending to heaven. This is God living within us. Also, the comforter is the one that convicts the world of sin and so forth. And so that's the Holy Trinity in a nutshell. And we see this three uh, as kind of, I, I would almost put like the cornerstone of uh, the number three in the Bible being the Holy Trinity, the, the divine completeness. Amen. Of course, three days being buried. It was Jewish custom 
this is something new that I learned when I had researched this. It was Jewish custom that if someone was in the grave for three days, it, it, it was, uh, uh, they were looked over as deceased. Shemura, Shemura, watching or garden, guarding refers to the Jewish religious ritual of watching over the body of a deceased person for three or seven days. Those are those two important numbers. So G- Jewish custom stated these three days for a reason. And, and, you know, this is my, um, our interpretation of it. And I'm, you know, sure a rabbi would give us a much better one, um, honestly, that unreally understood these Jewish customs and studied them. But my interpretation was like, he's buried three days and that is officially, that is like, you cannot say he wasn't dead. Like that's the amount of time to say no question about it in our custom. We watched over, he is fully dead. Right. And then guess what? God raises him from the dead. And now we know he's Messiah. We know he's Lord. Amen. And so three is very significant. It goes way beyond this little custom, but that custom is part of it. It shows that Jesus was buried for three days. It shows complete divine resurrection of our Savior. Our faith hangs on this point. Jesus is God. How do we know that Jesus is God? He was risen from the dead. And this is the atonement. You know, there's no condemnation to those that believe in Christ as Savior and Lord because he fully paid for our sin debt. And it all goes back to the cross. You know, he willingly gave himself to the cross. He was looking at that joy set before him. Amen. He, he, he endured the shame and humiliation and the drank of that bitter cup of sin was allowed himself, amen, to be killed on that cross mortally, right? put in the grave, and then God raised him from the dead to to new life. Amen. He walked the earth 40 days and 40 nights, 40 being the number of testing, was seen by over 500, seen by the disciples, clearly, and ascended up to the right hand of the Father where he is today. He has finished his work. And so when we believe on Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary over that three-day period, when we believe on Jesus Christ, we're born again. And that number three is so important. First Corinthians 15, four, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures, the third day, just like Genesis one says, and the evening and the morning were the third day. You see where I'm getting at here. The third day. Amen. All right. Other examples here, uh, three patriarchs of God's people, the Israelite nation, Matthew 22, 31 through 32, but as touching the resurrection of the dead, have ye not read that which was spoken unto you by God saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but the living. Amen. So who are the three patriarch or father figures of the Israelites? Abraham, right? We have the Abrahamic covenant, which we're going to get to in detail as we study Genesis. Uh, Then you have the God of Isaac, right? The chosen, the chosen line, amen, that came from Abraham and Sarah, that miracle child, amen. And then the God of Jacob, amen, and Jacob being, uh, you know, the father of the uh, 12 tribes, right? He literally is the patriarch, you know, we'll go to heaven, we'll see those 12 gates, uh, the 12 tribes, and guess what? Jacob is their dad, you know, the earthly dad. God is not a God of the dead, but of the living. Oh, I love that. And we see here, wise men, guess, guess what? With the wise men, they were guided uh, by the angel and the star. They delivered three gifts to Jesus in Matthew 2, gold, frankincense, and mirth. 
And I can get into detail of those, but I'm just going to kind of keep going. But the three gifts, I mean, you see this number three, guys, this isn't a difficult thing to look into. This is like just someone's already pulled out a lot of these facts. And so as you study, you know, just get, get that itch to know, you know, where does the number three show up in the Bible? And you'll be blown away. Amen. We're going to get to more number three in the Bible when we come right back from this break. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. Okay, as we continue on here with the number three in the Bible, three angels in Revelation 14, first telling all to worship God, next tells of the fall of Babylon, and the third of God's wrath to those that take the mark of the beast. That's Revelation 14. There's three archangels mentioned in the Bible by name, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. Three individuals that called Jesus Lord in the New Testament, as I understand it. Uh, Elizabeth, when visited by her cousin Mary. And whence is, is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Thomas, when he saw the Lord for the first time in resurrected form. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God, John twenty twenty eight. The Apostle Paul, when recounting the things that he'd once counted dear before he was saved, yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, Philippians 3, 8. And so the list could go on and on of the number three in the Bible's significance. Again, patterns, the literal number. Again, you start thinking of three days in the grave. You think of um, the holy, the triune uh, God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But what do we do with this information? Well, number one, as we've been theming out here pretty much all week, we praise God for his mercy and his grace. We praise God for allowing us to see that he is real. Like God, God is working on so many, um, I don't know, layers or levels that man could never fully comprehend it. But the Bible is written by fallible man, right? Through the work of the Holy Spirit. And here in the Bible, by the work of the Holy Spirit, we're seeing all these indicators of the number three that's backing up this idea that it is an important number to the Lord. Amen. Understand the Bible's infallible, perfect in all ways. It is God's holy word indeed. And the more that we simply ask these questions, the more God's happy, happy, happy to respond in kind, giving us more info. I mean, like there's nothing you can't ask the Lord that he probably won't point you in a direction to find. I've, I've, I've done some. I've wanted to know what heaven looked like. That's in the Bible. Uh, want to know what color God might like that. There's some information about that in the Bible. On and on and on. You want to know what pleases God? Faith, by the way, because the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews eleven six, I believe. Understand the depth of what we learn when we study the Bible. It's so many layers deep, but don't be intimidated by that. Simply approach it like a child would approach, uh, you know, a book, right? A child is approaching a book. It's just going to kind of look into it and see what it says. And the reason why I say child is because oftentimes an adult's going to come with some preconceived notion or something that man's told them or some little qualm and that you don't want to do that. Just go to the Bible just with that childlike objectiveness, just saying, Lord, please speak to me through your word. Understand patterns are a big part of the Bible and a great way to learn from God. And so God has patterns in the Bible, and we can look at these patterns to help us understand who God is and what he wants us to know. Amen. 
understand the entire Bible is about Jesus, the true Messiah and Savior of mankind. That's why I've talked a lot about the number three here in Genesis 1.13, because Jesus Christ, he made everything. He is everything. He's our Savior and Lord, and he deserves to be worshiped and praised for what he's done, including the number three and giving us this, this way of understanding who he is. Understand that he is God and will do as he pleases, not according to the rituals of man. And so we have to understand that God will do as he pleases, not as what man would want us to do, right? Because people will get way caught up in a different kind of number thing or numerology or whatever, you know, all kinds of junk. That's not who God is. God is operating on a different plane and he's allowing us to see the significance of these numbers, but we're not to take them out of context. We're not to use them as like, oh, I have to buy a house that's got the address with three in it or something, you know. That's not it. Amen. We simply trust the Lord that what we see in the Bible is true. Like Jonah being in the belly of the whale three days. That's a picture of Christ in the grave three days. Amen. That's the type of research and application we should be making, comparing scripture to scripture, keeping it in line with God's word and not getting out of line with it. Amen. Uh, and as we go, we see that there are so many examples. I mean, I've literally got, no joke, 15, 16 pages, pretty much single spaced of notes on the number three. And I, and I haven't been able for time's sake to put them all in here. There are three that bear record on earth. Amen. Uh, First John 5, 8, and there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit and the water and the blood. And these three, again, are one, agree in one. Amen. Uh, J Jesus raises three from the dead. Lazarus, the son of the widow of Nain, that's from Luke. And Jairus, uh, daughter, that's from Luke as well. Uh, Jesus fulfills three offices, prophet, priest, and king, all from Deuteronomy 17 and 18. Man, I could go on and on. There's so many examples. God's number three is very important. And God is not uh, pleased with us when we just gloss over things and just move very quickly and don't think about it. So let's commit to study God's word. We're going to move right along uh, to Genesis um, chapter one, verse 14 in the next episode. Amen. But hopefully this inspires you to look deeper at God's word when you're studying it and you might notice a pattern or a certain number just to start searching it up, looking it up. And, and really, you might be surprised by what you find. I thank you so much again for listening today. Tune in next time as we dive deeper into Genesis chapter one. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at Clark at EnduringPromise.org. See you again tomorrow, same time, same place.